You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode one, number 199. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm James Bradley Kemsky of PhillyVoice.com. Uh, training camp uh, practice number six is now in the books. It was the first Philadelphia Eagles padded practice uh, of the offseason. A uh, lot to unpack uh, from today's practice. I think there was a lot of action, a lot of fun stuff happened today. And uh nice day once again. It's been beautiful weather for us and the players uh, all throughout training camp so far. Brandon, how are you doing, my friend? Jimmy, I'm doing well, but I realize that I never ask you how you're doing. So I need to ask you, Jimmy, how are you doing? I've been waiting and... uh It doesn't been... matter how you're doing. <laughs> A little uh, shout out to The Rock there. <laughs> Needed to throw that in there. So I got you really good. Okay. Uh... Should we get to Righteous Felon or before the break? We can. We can mention Righteous Felon Craft Jerky sponsors BGN Radio. And you should go get yourself some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN, as in Bleeding Green Nation, BGN15 for 15% off. And you already know that you can use the same discount code at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off the best dog treats you can get and also real quickly jimmy i will mention we have a review here and rating five stars from cork a dork on apple podcast leave your ratings and reviews there and we'll listen or not only we'll listen to them we will read them and address them on the show title need more butters big fan of jimmy's mm, cat butters okay love the show uh love following on twitter and go birds so uh also saying, P.S., using my review to tell people to get vaccinated. So there you go. I will make sure that Butters is – he's not – I locked him out of this episode. So my apologies. And Brandon, my apologies to you, by the way, too. Uh, yeah. I went to ShopRite just before we, we recorded this, and I'm starving. And I've been sh- – I was shoveling grasshoppers into my face. Grasshoppers are basically like uh, – from Keebler, they're basically the same thing as – uh, thin mints. I don't want to get into your trash takes on Girl Scout cookies again, but uh, yeah. So my apologies if I have grasshoppers in my teeth uh, mm. right now. Anyway, uh, let's just dive right in. What is your biggest takeaway from training camp practice today? Well, before we even get into that, Jimmy, I feel like we have to get to some of the non-training camp stuff, which okay. is one because I you know I want to tease the good part for people like you got to stay you got to stick around for the big part so All right. uh quick thing just want to note that Quentin Nelson apparently suffered an injury uh the Colts starting guard uh that is similar on a timetable to Carson Wentz so more Colts bad news which maybe that's good news for the Eagles in the sense that you're just resigned to it being a high second round pick but then you had something interesting that I feel like you should share Jimmy that 
I will in a second. Okay. Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, by the way, is their left guard, right? I think so. Not yes. the right guard. So on that side of the line, you have him, and then uh, their left tackle is, Eric if I'm Fisher. not mistaken, Eric Fisher, who is still recovering from what is it, an Achilles tear, and got cut by the Chiefs. Yeah, like late in the Chiefs season last year. So. I don't, I haven't looked at like whether he's practicing or not, but I imagine he's not. So like their left side of the line is totally decimated along with their quarterback, uh, along with a whole host of other issues. Frank Reich is back at least, uh, for them. But yeah, uh, second round pick, a high second round pick, uh, from the Colts looks probably like the most likely scenario for the Eagles going forward. Now in other Eagles specula- speculation, um, just one quick note. I had this, I threw this at the back of like my written notes. Um, don't want this to get really like, <laughs> you know, sort of uh, aggregated all over the place, but, wow. uh, <laughs> but it, I just thought, found it uh, mildly interesting that, uh, after practice was over, there was a meeting between basically the Eagles brass. So uh, it was Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Andy Weidel, and a small handful of, of other Eagles employees. Um, and it was off on like the far practice field. Um, and it was nowhere near any other human being. Like they were far away from, from, you know, any other person. And they huddled and were discussing whatever they were discussing. I don't know if, as I mentioned in my notes, they were just sort of, uh, taking a tally of their favorite Rita's water ice flavors, uh, that, that are offered at camp or if they were just discussing something, uh, team, trade, whatever related. But, um, I do think that that meet the timing of that meeting was at least you know semi interesting given that they just cleared 17 million in uh, cap space this year by restructuring the contracts of Lane Johnson and Derek Barnett. Uh, plus, you have uh, over in Houston, you have uh, Deshaun Watson who has at least been attending practices, um, not necessarily a full participant. Uh, wasn't even at practice today. So like, you put those three things together and you can start kind of, um, you know, coming up with, uh, whatever scenarios you, you want to sort of come up with in your head. Um, I know a lot of people do not want the Eagles, uh, to trade for Deshaun Watson and for good reason, in my opinion. Like I, I think that, uh, um, you know, people are sort of turned off by his legal issues. Um, Obviously, he's a top five kind of quarterback, but, um, you know, Houston kind of has to do something with him, uh, one way or the other. And as we've kind of, as you have sort of compiled over the last, I don't know what, like eight, Maybe nine March, months, really, yeah. like it's been a long time that, and there's been just report after report after report piling up that the Eagles, uh, would have interest in Deshaun Watson should be he become available and obviously he is very available uh the Texans have Texans have pretty much even said so so uh I don't know I don't know what to make of it I don't know if you know any kind of deal can be done with that guy uh before you have sort of concrete uh knowledge of how his legal situation is going to play out and if you have and you know how how much do they actually know about these allegations that are very serious very skeevy <laughs> that uh that have been made you know and and you know, I'm sure they're, they're, you know, big Dom is, is, has been all over that and trying to get as much information as he can. But, um, you know, certainly, uh, there, there were a lot of people at camp today, I'll say that were kind of like, eh, it's going to happen sometime soon. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Interesting. Big Dom, by the way, for the people who don't know, assuming just, you know, the listeners don't know everything. Uh, basically the Eagle security guy. 
you know, yeah. so the guys always sitting next to you, yeah. the head coach. So, and who does backgrounds on players and everything. So, uh, yeah, we'll see about that one, Jimmy. The cited reasoning for Deshaun Watson missing practice was because he had some kind of ankle or foot issue or something. So I didn't see we'll that. See. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about from doing that. nothing. He has got a bad right. ankle from standing around and doing nothing. <laughs> Done much. So we'll, yeah, we'll all see. We'll see on that one for now. My biggest observation, what actually, uh, did happen at Eagles training camp that we know of is Zach McPherson had a great day, Jimmy. And I just want to say from the beginning, I feel like we should call this guy Z McPee because I think that's a good nickname. Okay. And I came up with it and therefore it is a great <laughs> nickname. Uh, no, I just think it's a fun thing to say. Uh, it's also especially useful to write out because like McPherson is longer. Uh, so just to, you know, to be able to tweet it or whatever. But anyway, none of that matters. The thing that does matter is Zach McPherson had a really good practice today. The Eagles fourth round pick this year had four pass breakups. Jimmy count them four pass breakups. Now, how those, you know, should have been, could have been interceptions. So not perfect, but between four pass breakups and a big pop on Jason Huntley mm-hmm. on a running play that got the Eagles defensive backs excited. Uh, some ICU 2-7, you know, shout outs there. So, uh, really good, really good practice from a rookie cornerback. It's encouraging to see. I don't think he's unseating Darius Slay or Steve Nelson or even Avante Maddox in the slot. He also has the versatility to play there, but has kind of been lining more so on the outside. Uh, I don't think he'll be unseating the starters anytime soon, but it's encouraging. And he obviously had a pick yesterday and you're kind of seeing the signs of a player who might be able to be like a long term piece mm-hmm. or at least a good backup this year. Uh, or, or both. So that was encouraging to me. He knows what he's doing. Like, you know how, like we, we talked earlier, uh, this off season about, you know, um, uh, Devante Smith and how he's coming into this team. Like he knows what he's doing as a receiver. Um, he knows how to run routes. He knows how to catch the ball. Like he just, he's, he's a seasoned, uh, sort of prospect. And I, I think you can probably say some similar things about, uh, McPherson in that regard. And I'll say right off the bat that he is already, the most uh, physical of the Eagles corners on the team right now as a rookie, like right now already one of the, like the most physical uh, corner on the team. Like there was one rep. I can't remember if we mentioned this on the, if I mentioned this on the pod or not, but there was one rep. Uh, it was either, it was either day five or day four. He was going up against uh Hakeem Butler who the team had actually, is he, by the way, is Hakeem Butler back at wide receiver? I think so, in part because the Eagles are so thin there. You know, they've had some uh, injuries, and they kind of yeah put him back. So there. he was drafted as a wide receiver. The Eagles were converting him to tight end. Anyway, he was he was out on the outside, and he just couldn't get off the line of scrimmage against McPherson. Like he couldn't go anywhere. McPherson just had him completely locked up. Didn't even get didn't like I would never be able to like know what his route was uh, on that play that he got jammed. So he got jammed into oblivion by McPherson. And um, you know, I, I think like you mentioned the the hit. Uh, on Huntley, and uh, he's just been very physical with corners uh, in his press coverage, and even like down the field, he's been he's been physical at the catch point, and uh, I really like what I what I've seen from him uh, early on here in camp. But he's been yeah. the, he's been the best rookie performer so far, I think. Uh, agree, and obviously Devontae Smith, you know, has been cut short a little mm-hmm. bit here because he hasn't been practicing. Although he was out at practice today, uh, doing some work on the jugs machine before practice. And then he wasn't actually like participating in warmups with his teammates, but he kind of was like stretching out a little bit with them. And I didn't see him like limping at all. So those all seem like positive signs uh, as far as Devante goes. It's not like he's inside the building and we're not seeing him at all. <laughs> and like, and like maybe the injury is like way worse than uh, it seems. But um, so that's positive. What is 
I guess, your next biggest thing? Because we kind of started with Watson and then went to me. Yeah, you know, I think we can just talk about Jordan Mailata and, and uh, Andre Dillard like one last time because <laughs> like I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. Like, but it's today it, it, it's it's worth mentioning, you know, how uh, how bad Dillard was again today. Like um, f- before they did one on ones, uh, O line versus D line, they did um, uh, eleven on eleven session, and uh, during that session, like one of the first reps of the day, uh, when when he, he was with the second team and. Or, or excuse me, Mylotta was with the first team. The second, uh, during the second team, Dillard was uh, going up against Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat just basically bull rushed him, and Dillard got thrown back into Joe Flacco. He hit Flacco uh, as Flacco was throwing. Totally affected the throw. Uh, if Flacco had you know held onto it longer, like Dillard would have sacked Flacco on his own. Um, so there was that play, and then later. I, think, I believe it was Sweat again. I didn't see this rep, but um, I saw him. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I saw him get get knocked on his ass, frankly. And uh, he, like to me, like the analogy that I used, he looked like he looked like like a like a turtle, like on his back, <laughs> like just kind of like flopping around or whatever. Uh, what, could, what did you see? What happened on that play? I think you had a better view of that one. I saw the one where Josh Sweat just flattened Andre Dillard into the ground, like not unlike Joe Osman. Just destroyed right. Andre Dillard last year. We've talked about that play like a ton. It's just you can't see that from your starting left tackle. Like that literally never happens to Jordan Mailata, like ever. Or I think most NFL left tackles just getting like totally obliterated and just destroyed. Like I can never recall that happening to Jason Peters, who obviously was a you know a great player. But I, I'm just offensive lineman in general, other than like you know maybe some rookies or you know camp bodies. Like I just don't. I just it's a fatal don't really flaw. See, yeah, you can't – it's just incredible to me how this is happening, continues to happen. It's very obvious, you know, that the bull rush has been a weakness for him going back to his rookie year, and it just it hasn't gotten any better. And I guess maybe there's just nothing that can be done, or at least that's what we're seeing, or there hasn't been any progress. So, yeah, I think the idea – again, we've already talked about this, Jimmy. The idea that this is like a competition still is just like – I'm not even going to call it a competition or it's a battle over. anyway. It's, it's just over. not. It's, it's over. Like, there's zero percent chance, you know, Andre Dillard is like winning this job. Like Jordan Mailata is the starting left tackle. And th- by the way, like we, our focus has sort of been on Dillard's struggles, but at the same token, like Mailata has been really good this mm-hmm. game. So it's not just like Mailata's winning this, uh, sort of as, as a default. He is, although he could, but he, yeah. he could. Yeah. I mean, like if he's just been sort of average, like if we'd probably still be saying like it's kind of over, but he has really been very good. Like, in uh, 11 on 11s today, he pancaked Brandon Graham. Uh, he, he, you know, handled pass rushes by Graham, Sweat, uh, Derek Barnett. And uh, I, I thought he had a really good day. And I, and I think he's had a really good camp. So it's not just that um, he's winning this competition because Dillard has faltered. He has earned it in his own right. So, uh, again, like, I didn't even bother watching no-line, D-line, one-on-ones today once I saw that 11-on-11. So I was just like, this is over. Like, this is stupid to continue to even talk about this anymore. So, like, I don't really care about that camp battle anymore because, in my mind, it is already set and done after just – I mean, I thought it was kind of over, like, already. But after today, like, there's just no way that anyone in in the front office or the coaching staff can give, like – any kind of thought to Dillard being the starting left tackle. And by the way, like 
Dil- I, we, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast, but um, he's left tackle or bust because we already know what it looks like when he plays right tackle. He can't anchor, so he can't play guard. And if you're a center, you need to have certain leadership qualities that I don't, just don't think that he has. And I don't think he's ever played guard or center anyway. So it's a, you know, it'd be a complete mm-hmm. relearning process for him. So if they can trade him uh, for anything, they should do it. And if there could be some team that maybe liked him, Dillard coming out of Washington State, and for good reason, because he's got the good footwork and he looked really good as a left tackle in college. Like a lot of people thought he would potentially be like a top 10 pick. Uh, he slid. The Eagles took him. He slid for good reason, evidently. Uh, but maybe there was some team out there that liked what they saw of him as a prospect back in the day, and they'll take a chance on him. But I just don't see really any future with him with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, maybe like Houston, who the Eagles traded up ahead of. No, obviously, I don't. I don't know their situation. They got Titus Howard and said, and that's clearly, I think, worked out better for them than yes. it would have. They actually got Dillard. Um, I agree with you on Dillard. A couple quick things. I saw my lot of flatten uh, a linebacker in addition to Pancake. Oh, yeah, Graham, second level. Out yes. to the second level. Yeah, and just flatten someone. I forget who it was. It might have been Eric Wilson. Um, but that was you know good to see. Uh, I, I just don't think Dillard could be on this roster, Jimmy. And I've been saying this like going back to the off season, but uh. I just don't think he's one of the best 53 players on the team. <laughs> right. Like, I, I just right. don't. Like, Agreed. he's been really bad. Like, I don't, I'm not seeing how he deserves to even make the team. And, and they're very deep trade. along the offensive line specifically, too. So if you keep him, you're cutting some player who's probably going to give you more value. And I just, like, what more are we going to see out of Andre Dillard at some point? Like, is he, you still have faith he's going to develop into a starter or even like a valuable backup left tackle? Like, I just, I'm not seeing it. This is a player who turns 26 in October. Like, this isn't like super young. He's still like growing into right. his body. He is what he is at this point to me. I, I just don't see how he's getting much better. I would take pretty much virtually anything you can get in return for him. Jimmy, Andre Dillard has the 10th biggest cap hit. On that cap number <laughs> yeah. on the Eagles roster this year. I think I mentioned this yesterday, but did. like that's crazy to me. You're keeping this guy who isn't even good enough to be on the 53 and you're keeping him in that high, that high of a number when you could clear 1.6 by moving him. Like they have to move him. They just have to do it. Um, so I think this will be probably the last we speak about this training camp battle. I guess so. The, the only way, else. the only way that I think we can talk about it going forward is if my is just horrible one day and right. Dillard is really good, but. Yep. Barring that, I don't think we need to beat this dead horse anymore. Well, I want to get to another first-round pick here, Jimmy, but okay. I'll tease that, and we'll get to it after the break. Before uh, we get to the break, com discount code BGN15 for 15% off Right to Sell on Craft Jerky. And then, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Kristen actually just left uh, to go to a closing, so she's... Banging out deals left and right. Uh, if you need to, if you're looking to buy or sell your house or both, uh, call Kristen, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio episode 199. Who cares? Although we're one episode away from 200, so I, that's pretty exciting. Um, big monumentous occasion, the Eagles' seventh day of training camp. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. But today, Jimmy... Going from an Eagles disappointing first round pick in 2019, let's pivot to an Eagles disappointing first round pick in 2020. Mr. Jalen Rager, uh, I was watching him a little bit more closely today, intensely in practice, and uh, I just, I'm not seeing it, Jimmy. I'm not seeing a player who looks night and day different from year one to year two. And again, all the caveats, it's early. He is obviously dealing with a situation off the field or coming into a camp with that. And he's had lower body tightness, so he's maybe not fully healthy. But like, you know, all those excuses aside, all I've ever wanted to do, Jalen Rager to do was like, like flash, show me something, like show me something to believe in. And by contrast, Quez Watkins, who I think I'm stealing maybe some of your thunder here, Jimmy, but Quez <laughs> Watkins like made some plays today yeah. and not just today, but the past couple of days and has done some things. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I see like talent. I see potential here. What's well, Jalen Rager right now? I'm just not seeing anything. I saw him today get absolutely like derouted, uh, just stuffed at the line of scrimmage by Steve Nelson and one on one got knocked off his route, which earned him a talking to from Kevin Batulo, the Eagles passing game mm-hmm. coordinator after that rep. Uh, I saw Jalen Rager be out of sync with Jalen Hurts on another one on one rep, which maybe that's Hurts's fault, but I don't know. It's just, I'm just not seeing from what I've seen so far, Jimmy, I am failing to believe how this is like Jalen Hurts's big jump from year one to year two from everything we've seen. I'm just failing to see how that scenario plays out here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had the, obviously the, the disappointing rookie season and he heard the criticisms uh, and he heard the comparisons to Justin Jefferson and he didn't like them. And he kind of vowed to do something about that and um, come out in year two and, and be great again or be great. And um, he failed a conditioning test. So like, I, I understand like, yeah, like that. I, and I'm sympathetic to, the certainly the uh the tragedy that he 
that, you know, happened to his uh, close friend. Um, but you're a wide receiver and fail a conditioning test. It's just kind of, it's just kind of unacceptable. And certainly the, uh, the, it's certainly not the start to training camp that the Eagles wanted to see uh, out of Jalen Rager. He was a limited participant the first four days, uh, practice yesterday, practice today, or not yesterday, uh, two days, whatever, whatever it was. And I'm, I'm losing track at this point, but, um, mm-hmm. he hasn't done anything yet. Like I haven't seen him stand out in any way yet. And, um, I, I have seen other receivers stand out. And, you know, you mentioned Quez Watkins thought he made some, first of all, uh, in one on ones, I really liked his route running today. And I don't remember that being sort of like, uh, a, a really, you know, thing that stood out about it. Like he had a good camp last year. But I don't recall him, you know, really running really good routes. Uh, and I th- thought he showed that in one on ones today. And then, um, uh, I believe it was during seven on sevens. He made this like leaping, twisting catch. Yeah. It was impressive. And, uh, he's made more plays, uh, in the two practices. Is it just two, right? Two, N- not three. Anyway, he has, well, he, he-, he, he was out for the first few practices as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it- he has, basically picked up uh right where he left off and I've gotten better uh in my opinion from last training camp to this camp and he's been making plays in the uh mm-hmm. you know couple days that that he's been back uh practicing with the team so it's encouraging that you know he may have I think he might carve out an immediate role with this team from week 1 um mm-hmm. not a big role but you know maybe like okay, a, so. a role that that like John Hightower had, uh, cause remember like, like this, he got a lot of decent number of snaps in that mm-hmm. week one loss to Washington and then very quickly scored, sort of squandered that opportunity. But uh, I wonder if, uh, Quez will, will sort of, uh, carve out some kind of, um, uh, opportunity early on in the season and we'll see if he can do a better job of capitalizing on that if he does. Uh, another quick wide receiver note, uh, Travis Hogan, uh, got the best of Darius Slay a mm-hmm. little bit there in one on ones. He, he beat him down the sideline for a catch. I think throw was nice throw actually from Joe Flacco, who's been better, by the way. Gotta give Joe Flacco some Jersey Joe uh some credit here. The by Jimmy's the way, and the Joes. Yeah, Jimmy's and the Joes. Were you uh in on Flacco after practice? I thought when not. he spoke to the Okay. Like I know we've covered this before, but the accent is so thick, man. Like I just I can't like <laughs> listen to him and not think about how it's just such it's just it's so funny. I feel like I'm just like at a Wawa talking to like some random guy. <laughs> right. Like it's just it's just really so thick. Like he should um, be an extra in like mayor of Easttown. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just it's just funny to me. I just I feel like I've never noticed that before uh, until the Eagles signed him. But uh, yeah. So. Uh, Fulgham, and then also Fulgham dropped a pass, which again, I'm not loving all these drops I'm seeing, but he did draw defensive pass interference on Slay. So I guess that was good. And that's the thing, like, Quez, Fulgham, like, some receivers are standing out, but like, Rager just haven't seen it yet. So maybe he can turn it around. We'll see. Um, I guess you kind of picked Quez as your next thing, but you kind of just dovetailed that into mind. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I, I have another oh. one that I can uh, throw out there. Okay. The, the uh, the Do kicker. It. Had a little bit of a bounce back day. Jake Elliott was six for six on his kicks. He was two for six, or excuse me, four for six. Uh, the first day that he had kicks, he missed a 33 yarder, nearly missed a 38 yarder. And then he also missed a 49 yarder that first time he had kicks, uh, kick today. And his, his makes were good from 33, 36, 39, 41, 44, and 47. Uh, I thought that only one of them was even remotely close to missing. So I thought he had a, a, a bounce back day of sorts. I want to see him stack a bunch of uh, good days in a row before we start, um, 
you know, <laughs> feel yeah. a lot better about Jake Elliott, but, uh, did nice bounce back day for him. Uh, yep. six for six. It's a start. Agreed. Um, I'm going to pivot and go to, uh, the, where was I going to go, Jimmy? I was going to go somewhere and then I blanked. The defense. I was going to go Jason Huntley oh, offense, okay. actually. Uh, Jason Huntley has to make this team. Uh, I am going to say that right now, Jimmy, because Jason Huntley is really good. Once he gets daylight, he's gone. Like no one's catching him. You give him a crease, you give him an opening and he's just going to outrun everyone to the end zone. Like I've seen him do it now on multiple reps. I think the Eagles running back situation is interesting because it's a good group. Like Miles Sanders is going to make the team. Miles Sanders, who had another drop, by the way, today, not his first to camp. Not great. Um, as an aside, but, uh, yeah, so you have Miles Sanders. I think Boston Scott is clearly the number two on this team. I don't even think it's like, I don't think anyone else is sneaking in there. Like Boston Scott, I think has yeah. been good yeah. for mm-hmm. starters. And second of all, like it's him and Sanders getting the first team work most of the time. Like you're not seeing a lot of other guys like rotating in there often. Um, so I think those are the first two. And then the three behind them, if they keep three behind them or if they keep two, we'll, you know, we'll see on that. Um, obviously. I think Howard has had a nice start to camp, but we're going to be cooled down a little bit. Um, I'm guessing, like, I don't know what to think of uh, the Lions running back, who I'm blanking on. Carry on Johnson. Carry on. Like, he's had some nice moments, but, like, I don't know if it's enough to make the team. And I just think Huntley has made these big plays. And then, obviously, we think Gainwell is going to make it. So, I don't know who's the odd man out here. What do you think? I I have him keeping five in my my pre-training camp 53. So, I had him keeping... Sanders Scott, obviously. Gainwell, obviously, is going to make the team. I don't know. I don't know if Gainwell, by the way, I think Gainwell was a, was a guy that like a lot of people, self included, like thought was a really good value pick. I haven't seen a ton out of him early on. And, uh, I don't know if he'll have, you know, an immediate role, uh, to start mm-hmm. the season. We'll see how that, you know, I don't think so. That, we'll see if that's right, first of all, and how that changes as the season goes along. But then I also like carry on Johnson and Jason Huntley. So Huntley, by the way, I don't think he's caught the ball well. In, in camp so far, hmm. which is a little weird because in college, his last three, se- he went to New Mexico State, his last three seasons there, he averaged uh, 42 catches per season, which is good. And um, I actually, he he uh, talked uh, to just a small handful of reporters uh, after day five, and I asked him about that. I asked him, uh, I, I admitted to Jason Huntley that I had not watched uh, many New Mexico State games and apologized <laughs> to him for that. No offense, Jason. I didn't watch your college. Uh, but, uh, I asked him if like, you know, what those receptions look like. Like, was it just out of the backfield? Was it on screens and check downs and, and flares to the flat and that kind of thing? Or did New Mexico State like line you up, uh, in the slot and outside and, and sort of try to use you in a mismatch kind of way? And he kind of said that he, I don't know how much I believe the answer because he like, you know, I think he was maybe given the answer that, that like he think he thought was the best, which is that, you know, he lined up sort of all over the formation. Uh, so I'm interested in, in maybe taking a look at it, like his highlights to see like if, if that actually did happen or not, but uh, he hasn't caught the ball well. And that's, again, that's come as a little bit of a surprise because he did have a lot of receptions in college, but if he can show that, like he's golden because he had, yeah. like you mentioned, like he has like just the, the amount of times that, 
we've got a chance to see his speed. Like it's not that often that running backs have a chance to even sprint down the field with the ball. Mm-hmm. So just that he's gotten that, like even if the like, guys are tagging him or stuff like that, just that he's gotten those opportunities or whatever is, is, is good for him. And, uh, you know, he is very clearly one of the fastest players on the team. I'd probably have him as like one of the top three, uh, fastest players on this team. Uh, and, and for that reason, and because the Eagles kept him on their roster the entire season last year, I like his chances to stick on this roster this year. Also, when I saw that he was doing some special teams drills, like kickoff return, I actually note, wrote down the first team kickoff coverage players. If you really want to see that, I'm waiting your nation.com. Yeah, really I did that. Uh, I did that a while, a little while back too. Is he on there? Flex. Um, no, but he was one of the two returners. Yeah. Back, okay. Returning right. kicks. It was just him and, and not Boston Kenny Scott, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just those two guys. Mm. So, uh, you know, another thing kind of interesting to note. I guess you should touch on Jalen Hurts a little bit here, Jimmy. Um, I thought he kind of had a really bad start to practice where they were doing that drill where they, they throw the ball into those hoops. Okay. And I don't know how much this really matters in terms of like, you know, actually being a good quarterback or whatever. It seems like it might matter a little. Um, uh, like Jalen Hurts could not make any of those throws. I don't think I saw him put one in the bucket. And also <laughs> Joe Flacco really struggled with that too. Nick Mullins is good at it. Meanwhile, like he can, he can put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of funny because like then I saw him overthrow Zach Ertz and Akeem Butler and routes on air. And then he got picked off by Josiah Scott, who kind of just continues to show up a little bit yeah. here and there. Um, I like, Josiah. and then just like the accuracy again, just this issues there. Um, I feel like the discourse around Hertz is interesting because like you're saying yesterday, like you think he had his best practice. And I think there's a, a, a lot of positivity being put out there elsewhere and kind of like, like I think some people think Jalen Hurts is having a really good training camp, and I don't really agree with that. I don't think he's having a terrible training camp, but I don't think he's having like a really good camp. I don't think he's having a strong camp by any means. He did get better, I think, in eleven on eleven today. Had some good throws, and uh, I think part of it is that like he hasn't really had any big highlight throws, and yeah, especially today. But he has a couple, had a couple really deep big throws mistakes. have been nice, but like like he's been on the money on a few deep throws. But you're right, like I, yes. there haven't been any plays. We were like, wow, that was like Carson Wentz yes. for as bad as he was last year. And for as much as like we have slammed him <laughs> over the last year or so, like mm-hmm. he regularly in practice, he would have these wow plays. Like even if, even on bad days where he was like inaccurate, like overthrowing guys, throwing like 10 yards over guys' heads, there were you typically like a player or two every day where I was like, wow, that, 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 that is a legitimately very good play. I just want it on the record that I am not some anti Jalen Hurts guy because that gets you know that that gets perpetuated <laughs> when you're not like only maybe positive about a player yeah I was the one who said that you should not draft a quarterback unless they feel like you know they're just absolutely in love with him and have to sure. have him um like not I wasn't just like just get, get rid of Jalen Hurts at all costs never been my position I think he deserves the year I just haven't been super encouraged about him being this totally different player than he was last year but I already kind of touched on that so I guess we can move on uh any other final observations from practice Jimmy uh yeah let me just go down my list here i don't think so uh i have a quick one yeah let, let it rip it's uh anthony harris who oh I really yes even i had him, him in there too yes i actually forgot to put this in my notes too <laughs> yeah. I, I tweeted this but i forgot to put it in my notes right away so i had to update them as i look back at my timeline uh been a really quiet camp for him not necessarily in not, not, in not a terrible way. thing just, yeah right yeah just like haven't really noticed him do a lot which you know maybe he's just been in good position and whatever but today he put a big hit uh, on Travis Fulgham after Fulgham made a short catch, like a really big pop on him. So that was nice to see, you know, some physicality kind of wake up, uh, the defense and everyone. 
Uh, so that was good to see as well. And uh, another quick note on Sirianni, who actually was really fired up at one point, but not in a positive way, and was really getting on the offense, who seemed to like not line up properly. He actually kind of pulled like the offensive players back a little bit and was like really animated and like fired up and kind of being, I guess, what I'm presuming to tell them to kind of like, you know, like, let's get this together. Let's get our stuff together here. Like, let's stop messing around. Um, so that's fun to see, I guess, if you kind of like, you know, the idea that Sirianni is not going to let things slip, which I think is a fair point to make. Uh, yeah. So those are my two. What about you? One thing I'll add on Anthony Harris is he's listed at 61202. And, you know, that's like a normal size safety. Actually, I think that's kind of like ideal size for a safety. And, um, but to me, he looks like bigger. <laughs> like he looks big to me mm. out on the field. And maybe it's just because I'm used to seeing the Eagles employ so many shrimpy safeties over the last few years. Like, I mean, you just look, go down the list of safeties that they have and they're, you got like, you got like a lot of guys are like 5'10, 5'11 and small. Like the, it, it was, it was, it was a position that like Jim Schwartz didn't seem to give a crap if like it was a smaller player. Um, but he's, he's a lot bigger than uh, a lot of these other guys that we've seen, uh, over the last few years. So I think that that'll be something that also, uh, stands out to fans when they, when they first see this guy, uh, lined up in the Eagles defense. Uh, I'm going to revisit that phrase a little bit later. Um, Jimmy, let's get into our MVP, LVPs, and then play of the day for okay. day six. I'm going to start first with MVP. It is clearly Zach McPherson. Not okay. even a question for me. Uh, he's really good. Encouraging. We'll see if he can continue to stack days like this, as you've used that turn of phrase earlier. Uh, who do you have? Uh, also, Zach McPherson. Z McP, as Z-McP. everyone will now call him, uh, because it's a good nickname. Uh, Jimmy. LVP. <laughs> Just for the last time, uh, Andre Dillard. And then the last time. So even if he stinks again, you're not going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother. You just feel bad. <laughs> but, but okay. I feel like this is the definitive day where there's nobody in that front office that can think, Oh, this guy has a chance of being our starting left tackle. This is like, this was the mm-hmm. day that like that has to, it'll be interesting to see if he's back with the first team tomorrow. He shouldn't be, in my opinion. Right. He probably will be. But he's not it, earning it. Yeah, he's yeah, not I, earning. But, but like in my in my view, like he he has proven that he cannot be the starter for this team. Yeah, that's. I just want to reemphasize that like he is not earning starting left tackle reps right now. <laughs> right. The only reason the Eagles are putting them him out there right now is because he was a first round pick <laughs> exactly. a couple of years ago. That's the and or because and or because they just don't want to merely hand Jordan Mailata the job. But like, I think you know Jordan Mailata if he's going to be the starter. Like, why not have him work with his teammates that he's going to be playing yes. with and, like, give him as many reps as he can? I know, obviously, he's not, like, the exact teammates because Sumalo isn't even out there and Brendan Brooks isn't out there right now. But still, well, playing you know, him next like, to Herbie it makes it is more valuable than playing him next to Ross Piersbaker. Yes. 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 Yeah, you got the pronunciation right. Good job <laughs> by you, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Dillard as my LVP as well. It's actually the first time in camp, but again, he really should have been on here more. And I will continue to mark him down if that is the case. Okay. Not personal. I'll also put him down to the MVP if he has a great sure. practice. So, you know, I'm being fair here. Of course. Um, play of the day, Jimmy. What is that for you? I'm going to go with the aforementioned leaping, twisting catch okay. by Mr. Quez Watkins. <laughs> that is the third day in a row where you have chosen Quez Watkins <laughs> in your play of the day. He's a so, baller, uh, baby. Congrats to Quez. I am going to go with Josh Sweat flattening Andre Dillard. Uh, on the that's ground. a good choice. Yeah. It's just 
like again, you just don't depending see that on how you look time. at it. It could also be like the low light of the day. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, but Josh Sweat's had a really good training camp. We've already kind of covered that. I do want to say Derek Barnett is having a good camp. Too. I agree. Like, like don't. I think everyone's like, oh, Josh Sweat, and he should get a lot of hype and attention because he's been good. But like, it's not that Derek Barnett has been bad. It's like Derek Barnett has been good. He actually had a nice rep today. I thought where he sniffed out a quarterback run, and he basically had Hurts dead to rights in the flat for either like a tackle for loss or no gain. Um, so yeah, I think Derek Barnett has been good. Also on Mylotta, I wanted to say earlier, like I saw Derek Barnett drive Jordan Mylotta back at one point, but and like he beat him, he beat Mylotta, but it, like the way he did it. It wasn't like fast, you know, like where Dillard loses like instantly, mm-hmm. like my lotta at least like kind of stalled him a little bit. And you kind of touched on that already. Like even when my lotta loses, like he at least like buys a quarterback a little bit of right, time. Right, he doesn't right. get like instantly destroyed or cooked. Um, so yeah, just to kind of beat that horse to death. Jimmy, any final thoughts here as we wrap up? Uh, we have the first, um, open practice coming up soon, right? What's today? Mm hmm. Today is Tuesday, and that's what Sunday. So come Sun- on, I think so. The eighth, I believe. Anyway, so uh, we hope to see some of our listeners uh, at that open practice. Get uh, I don't know if you need tickets for that or not, but if you do, get them and say yeah. hello when we're there. Yes, please do. Also, if you like Bleeding Green Nation radios coverage of Eagles training camp so far. Hit us with the hashtag shrimpy safeties to uh, let us know you're listening <laughs> and you like what's going on. Also, if you like what's going on, why not leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? And a question, and we'll and answer it on the podcast. A question. We have some, I think there's a couple of questions, Jimmy, that we still have to get to. So we'll get to those at some point. Um, we'll figure it out here. We will get to them at some point. Guarantee. Uh, this has been BGN Radio episode 199. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green and BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio for all the updates and coverage. Check out my practice notes. In addition to what we talked about here, there's even more info on BleedingGreenNation.com for me and PhillyVoice.com for Jimmy. Uh, also, check out the SB Nation NFL show, which is back in full force. Jimmy, five days a week. Just talked about Carson Wentz and the Colts and maybe Nick Foles Ooh, going to You Indy. know what we should mention real quick before we go? Yes. Dak Prescott had a setback on his injury. I did too. see that. So he, what was it, his shoulder, and mm-hmm. uh, they're holding him back for, again, this, like, these local reporters for all these teams, they'll just report anything that the team tells them for precautionary reasons or whatever. Eh, really? So we'll see. there's uh, there's some intrigue there, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. I'm always of the mind, you know, when you look at, like, that and, like, the Saquon stuff, too. Like, the yes. parents have been, like, unusually cautious with Saquon. It's kind of like... You know, there's some kind of question there. Don't just like take everything at face value and be like, oh, they're going to be fine. Like, I don't know. They might not be. And Dak obviously had that shoulder issue going back to late in the 2019 season when he was potentially going to miss that game against the Eagles in week 16, but he didn't. He played through it. And I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the best decision if it's still, you know, some kind of long term injury. Right. But uh, we'll be talking that injury, Jimmy, on the NFC East mixtape. So that ties in nicely to my next plug there with RJ Ochoa and. I or me, whatever, which one of those two applies. Yeah. And me, we'll be talking about the Cowboys, the Giants, the fight that apparently broke out at Giants training camp, the Washington football team and the Eagles, of course, on the NFC East mixtape that'll be coming out on Wednesday, August 4th, as we are recording right now on August 3rd. RJ and I are going to be doing that podcast tonight. So check out all that out. And we will be back with you here for Eagles training camp day seven recap. 
in the afternoon on Wednesday, in addition to getting the mixtape. So a big podcast day here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, which is obviously sponsored by Rights to Sell and Craft Jerky, which you can go to get by going to rightstosellon.com using discount BGN15 for 15% off. This was a big, massive plug session at the end of the podcast. I am not very good. <laughs> there I was a lot of plugs there, yeah. Brief. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, some people end podcasts really well, uh, and I just don't. I just ramble, and you might be already tuned out. So if you're still listening to this, we appreciate you even more. Jimmy, that's it. I'm done. Bye, Bye everybody. G-N. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SaaS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SaaS via the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.